This is Ayman, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. I just don't even understand what's happening. How are these men appearing on the on the island? Okay, so um, this cover is blown. It doesn't make any sense. First, we found the gingerbread man. Well, Pip Hamill, I guess. Deacon, I should have I should have looped him in, and then he wouldn't have betrayed me. He's such a good guy. Then he had some runes in him that are the same runes on her necklace. It just. Just doesn't make any sense. Do I try to play this off? And act like I don't know what he's talking about? I'm trying to understand this, and they're coming out with guns, and they're taking the monster man, and... Oh boy. I have a really bad feeling about this. I don't think I can get away with that. Previously on Misconceptions. The crew had kidnapped Pip Hamill, and uh, through various means of investigation, uh, the most effective of which was Bill stabbing Pip Hamill in the foot and breaking his foot open, um, the crew found out that Pip Hamill, or rather this Pip Hamill, was the gingerbread man, or a gingerbread man. There's still a lot of questions about what's going on, but uh, Pip Hamill was the gingerbread man, And through some more investigation, they found runes written on the inside of the gingerbread man, on the uh, inside of his arms and uh, on different pieces of his body. Um, What these runes mean and what they do exactly? Still a mystery. But through some investigation, Rin found that these runes appeared somewhere else, namely on the necklace of Linda Lockwood. She had a necklace with a single rune on it in a picture. And uh, so she must somehow be connected to all of this. But anyways, uh, the crew discussed taking Pip back to his home and leaving him there so that, uh, you know, it would seem that they had nothing to do with it. But upon trying to do that, they found Pip Hamill's home swarming with police officers. And so they decided not to. Faye decided to go to work so that she would not raise any suspicion as Leslie Williams, and so she left the island, leaving the crew to their own devices to decide what's going to happen with Pip, with the gingerbread man, and as they were discussing, they heard numerous thunderous claps from across the island, and rushing up from uh, Dr. Jacoby's abandoned dungeon, you found multiple portals, similar to the ones invoked by the wizard and by the domino that you had, Uh, but all these portals started to open all across the island, and uh, these people in paramilitary uniforms uh, came out with, like, an armored van of sorts, and these uh, people pulled out trank guns, and they tranked the different beast men that were living on the island and started dragging them and stuffing them unceremoniously into these armored vans. Uh, While all this is going on, a portal opened up very close to where the crew was standing, and another paramilitary group stepped out with another van, and in this paramilitary group 
was a beast man. And it was no random beast man. It was Nick, the beast man from Marcus Malcolm's grandmother's house, uh, who had kidnapped Marcus Malcolm's dying corpse and had run off into the night, never to be seen again. But here he was wearing all this armor with a bestial look in his eyes and a snarl on his face. And he turned to the crew and snarled, guttural and low. That is where we pick up this episode. And before combat starts, I want to go back to uh, one of my favorite episodes to record, the uh, episodes on top of the skyscraper in the thunderstorm and uh, the construction project. Uh, And something I really liked about that episode was I asked y'all to give me story tags for the scene. And so I wanted to go around and ask you, what is a story tag, a scene tag, to describe this scene? It could be an aspect of the island. It could be a, a structure on the island. It could be something that's happening, but just some sort of descriptive detail about the island. Um, who wants to go first? Could it be about the inhabitants? Uh, it totally could. And this is for use in this scene, like in what's about to happen, right? Yes. So these story tags can be invoked by you. It doesn't necessarily have to be positive. doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Um, leaving it neutral will make it more interesting because then it can be like, I can use this to my benefit now, but maybe later, ooh, it's, it's hurting me. It's like affecting my, impeding what I want to do. Hmm. Unintentional kingdom? Uh, I don't know how to say it. Well, let's workshop it. So what, uh, what do you mean by that? The people that are being captured and taken away apparently saw me as something more than I realized. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems to me that they would be willing to, uh, if nothing else, there's a friendship. Okay. And so they, yeah, they, they could possibly be rallied. Yeah, so I think going along with that idea i think just a story tag of beastmen oh yeah is appropriate and then you as bill can kind of pull on that in some of your later moves and things uh to kind of rally them or do what you want to do with them but for now it's just they're beastmen all right who else i was trying to think i don't know i was trying to think of like what could ren control and i was like oh he can control lightning because of technology and then i was like no that's not how that works <laughs> it's god's technology yeah, I, <laughs> I was like it's 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 electricity but it's not it's not my electricity if your mythos of future cyborg dies away you could become a rift of thor and control the lightning that is true totally change things up yeah but anyways what were you saying <laughs> um maybe like old electrical system for the island because it was a prison okay so a uh an old electrical system Mm -hmm. and i think that could be used both positively and negatively definitely because like it's there but it might be difficult for you to harness yeah i was thinking like overcast or something so that it's still so that it's dark like this doesn't seem like a battle that would happen yeah, Just definitely. In the light of day. Okay. So overcast skies, which probably makes Bill very nervous. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, I'm going to put a story tag as well. I'm going to say utter chaos. And I'm going to uh, write utter as U-D-D-E-R because there's definitely some cow-themed beast men on this <laughs> oh <my> island. <laughs> Just kidding. It's utter chaos. But anyways, so Nick steps out of this portal. He looks at you and snarls. There is no recognition on his face. No kindness that you had once associated with this beast man before. Um, he is equipped with just piecemeal armor. It is ill-fitting to him, uh, but it, I mean, he has been equipped for battle somehow. And as you look out across the paramilitary groups, you see these hulking forms in each group. It seems that each paramilitary group has a beast man with them. Guys, I have a really bad feeling about this. Esther has her gun out mm. and she's just trying to like take inventory of the situation. How many beasts are in her around? Like within your range, right now it is just Nick. Nick is the only uh, uh-huh. I will say I will say for uh, keeping track of combat, there are different groups. And there, each group has a paramilitary group, a beast man, and an armored vehicle. And the way uh, groups work, we haven't had a whole lot of uh, like encounters with groups. But you can target one specific person in the group, or you can target the whole group. And when you target the whole group, so they have a collective status of two, the uh, paramilitary group does. What that uh, collective two means is that whenever you hit the group with a status, they get to reduce that status by two. Um, I believe they also get to step up their moves by two. Yeah. So, Esther's taken in the situation. Rin says he's got a bad feeling about this. I prepare a shield. Okay. Okay. And uh, while you're all kind of hesitating... Nick drops down on all fours and charges at you. And just so you can remember what Nick looks like, he has like this lupine or canine head, uh, a kind of turtle shell on his back, and uh, huge bear claws. And in fact, just the rest of him is a bear body. And so this bear with a turtle shell and a dog head is charging at you. And he is much bigger than all three of you. I want to shoot at his leg. I'm not wanting to hit with all I got. I'm just wanting to slow him down. Okay, so maybe change the game. Okay. I rolled a nine. A nine. Okay, so on a change the game, you get juice equal to power, so you get two juice. Uh, What do you spend those juice on? I'm wanting to give a status of shot in the leg two. Okay. You're, you're just wanting to impede his movement. Right. Okay. So, shot in leg two. So, mm-hmm. describe for us how this looks. Um, so, Nick gets down on all fours, and he's about to charge for us, and I shoot him in the leg in order to slow him down so as not to be tackled. Okay. So, he's charging at you. You hit him in the leg, and he kind of veers off to the side that you hit uh, him on, and he's, like, limping and snarling. Uh, and he's frothing at the mouth. Uh, all humanity in Nick seems to have been removed. When you shoot him in the leg, uh, hearing that gunshot, 
the uh, paramilitary group look over, and uh, you hear one one of them presses a walkie-talkie in their chest and speaks into it. Uh, Control, we have found the bogeys. Uh, repeat, we have found the bogeys. What do you advise? And then you hear a familiar voice come across the uh, the speaker. Take them out. Roger that command. And then they start cocking their guns into place and taking position to fire at you. Guys, I uh, I think we should just leave. I don't think we're going to win this battle. Are we in an open field, David? Yes, yeah, so the way I pictured it is um, y'all came up from Dr. Jacoby's lair, which was underneath the, uh, underneath the warden's mansion, which was right next to the lighthouse. So you're kind of up on the highest point of this island so you can look out and kind of see everything but uh this field is pretty open there's like a little picket fence that is kind of rotted and fallen away from disrepair uh but yeah you're kind of elevated up on the island in a pretty much open space the warden's house is destroyed behind you there's a tunnels beneath that and then there is a the lighthouse couple of dozen yards away so did when Carrie shot Nick, did Nick like fall over or just slow him down? Or it, it slowed him down. He kind of like falls over to the side, uh, and he's snarling, not really licking his wound, but just kind of getting his feet back underneath him to charge at y'all again. Okay. But Esther bought you some time with her shot. I don't think Nick's our friend anymore. Uh, I'd like to. Why Why don't we just fly away? Uh, Bill, can you conjure up a cloud or something and uh uh. I can't run very fast. I'm not very athletic, so. And I don't know if I can just leave the beastmen to get captured. I don't. I don't know if I can do that. They're already being captured. Uh, as you're standing there talking, the uh, paramilitary uh, people cock their guns into place and then open fire on you. This is that whole we didn't act fast enough, so we just. This is this broke is a rapidly bar. evolving situation. There's not a lot of time for discussion. Um, everybody roll a face danger against a flesh wound two status. Um, David? Yeah. Would a smoke screen be beneficial to both, uh, Carrie, or not Carrie, sorry, uh, blah, 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 Esther and Ren? Uh, it definitely could be if you roll high enough and, like, uh, use your juice to create positive statuses for them or just to create a story tag, maybe, that they could use. Well, I was gonna use that. And uh, mm-hmm. in like my defense, right? So, mm-hmm. so like seeing them aim their guns up, dropping a smoke screen. I would say that you would need to, if you want to give your smoke screen to them, you would need to roll a uh, change the game to create a story tag. Okay. All right, here we go. Oh, ten. So then, scale up the effect would be the thing that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So creating a story tag of... Creating a smoke screen and then scaling it or uh, making it affect more people. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what what tag do you create? Smoke screen. Okay. So uh, describe for us how does this look? The, the group is like arguing and heatedly talking. And then um, Bill kind of like looks up while he's arguing and sees people start to aim their rifles at him and realizes where they are uh so he like reaches his hand up and you see you see clouds start to come down and like swirl almost as if like a tornado is forming and then as soon as he like rips his hand down it just 
um, this plume of, of cloud like hits the ground and creates this this kind of swirling cloud and d- dust from the impact mm. uh, effect and the soldiers seem to be kind of confused yeah and this this mist or smoke screen spreads out and they fire and their bullets uh, but go ahead and roll a face danger everybody can use this smoke screen uh, tag that Bill has created uh, but Bill, you cannot use those two tags you use to make this Damn tag. It. I was gonna ask, can I double tag? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, yes. are we surrounded, or are they just on uh, one side? They're in front of you, and then the ruins of the warden's house and the tunnels below it are behind you. Oh, that's the. Move. And I guess past that is the cliff. A nine. A nine. So you take a uh, flesh wound one status. Uh, Bill, Ren, what do y'all roll? Got a nine. All right. So uh, you also take a flesh wound two, or no, flesh wound one status. And then, Bill, what do you get? Should we have a special dice rolling voice? <laughs> yes. Da, 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 da. I rolled a 13. Nice. All right. So Bill jumps out of the way as the bullets crash around them. Uh, but these bullets uh, spread through the uh, the cloud. Uh, Esther, they dink off your armor, kind of finding some chinks, but not hurting you as badly as it could. Rin, you fall to the ground, and they, like, graze your back a little bit. And Bill, you just, like a specter in the mist, you leap back uh, from the fray at to the mouth of the, uh, the caverns, shouting, Come this way, as I jump past them. <laughs> Come this way. <laughs> Come this Follow my voice. Meanwhile, at City Hall, previously on Misconceptions, the crew had kidnapped the mayor, or, as it turns out, they had kidnapped a placebo mayor? A fake mayor? Whatever he was, he was made out of gingerbread. And uh, Rin cannibalized him. Uh, And then the crew decided that they needed to Put this Pip back where they found him so that nobody would know that the real Pip had gone missing. Uh, Faye decided that she needed to go back to her work at City Hall under the guise of Leslie Williams, the uh, director of Parks and Rec for the city. Uh, And she decided she needed to go back to her job so that she didn't erase any suspicions. Well, upon arriving, she saw Pip giving a new address. Uh, on the uh, the front steps of City Hall. And while she was uh, in the crowd listening to Pip's speech, Deacon Smith noticed her. The former assistant DA, now assistant to the mayor, Pip Hamill, noticed Faye, and uh, then Faye went to her office to begin working. And while there, she got a knock on the door. Deacon came in, and... Uh, looked at Faye and realized that Leslie Williams was indeed just a secret identity for Faye Carver. She, he said that he had alerted uh, Cooper Wheatley to her presence, and then, lo and behold, Cooper Wheatley loomed in the door and began to take on a bestial shape. And I should clarify, he is not a beast man. I think the way I described it last episode uh, he, like, had a wolf face and, like, wolf claws and stuff. No, he just becomes 
I'm trying to think. I don't know, like a man wolf or teen wolf. Maybe not teen wolf because that's way too hairy. Like um, Michael Jackson thriller video. Yeah, or like the second step in the anamorph process. <laughs> so Michael Jackson thriller video. I can't remember how Harry Michael or, Jackson got. I don't remember either. Or Harry Potter um when Lupin See, I was going to make the reference to Lupin, but then Lupin gets really freaky looking. He does. So yeah. it's not that. Okay, but it's like as Lupin is changing. Sure. His his <laughs> his sideburns got a little bushier. Okay. Uh some hair became more pronounced on his face. His hands did kind of turn in or his fingernails at least turned into these black talon claws. Um and maybe his face took on more of a muzzled look to it, but he's he's still human. He's very recognizable he's as very, Cooper Wheatley. Yes, he's very recognizable as Cooper Wheatley. He is not turning into a beast man like Nick or one of uh, Dr. Jacoby's other experiments. But now you realize he is misaffected, and oh. he has some sort of powers as well. Um, and before we begin this combat, uh, we need to set the scene. We have been in Leslie Williams' office before, but I want to hearken back to uh, one of my favorite episodes that we've done the uh, skyscraper episodes. And that was whenever we picked out tags uh, to describe the scene. And I really like that, and I want to get back to doing it. So, Faye, uh, give me a scene tag, a story tag, uh, that would describe the setting of your office. It can be uh, an atmosphere in the office. It can be something in the office, like a physical thing. It can be where the office is located. It can be uh, just... Uh, an adjective describing the office uh but go ahead give me a uh story tag for this scene so i don't remember and you may remember when i first introduced my office if i made a point to say that there were or weren't flowers or plants in it i honestly do not remember you making a point of there being or not being me neither um so, what I want my tag to be is plants aplenty. That I have, like, a potted tree in the corner. You know, one of those, like, not a fake one, but one of those things. And bamboo in another corner. And, um, like, some small succulents on my desk. Okay. So, potted plants? Yep. And uh, you just wanted me to do one, right? Yeah. Uh, and I will provide the other... Uh, story tag and the other story tag is uh this is an interior office uh it is located in in kind of the central mass of city hall it's not an outward facing room uh meaning it might be a little more difficult for you to manifest um large strong mm -hmm. plants here mm -hmm. uh, in fact it will be very difficult mm -hmm. because of your weakness tag concrete jungle and now this story tag interior office Okay, well, you have obviously been planning that, and I think that's very rude, so... I do, I do nothing <laughs> besides think about this podcast. <laughs> I think Carrie knows that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, and I will say uh, that Cooper Wheatley uh, begins this scene with three defensive tags. Uh, block, dodge, and bulletproof vest. Uh, these are tags that can be applied 
against your role to reduce statuses, things like that. Uh, and since they are story tags, you can use change the game to remove them. But I mean, you have to come up with a way of how you remove them. Uh, so he is standing in the door and he says, I knew something smelled off about you. You're a fake. You were probably behind that incident the other day. <laughs> I'm gonna bust you real good. I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Wheatley, or what I can help you with today. And Deacon in the corner. I, I, I know it's you. I can't believe you did this. We, I helped you with Miss Williams. I, you used me. I thought you were a good person. Now, 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 Deacon, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm going to gut you and leave your entrails all over this office. And Deacon kind of looks, his eyes go wide, and he is shocked at the brutality of Cooper Wheatley's words. You see, as Deacon is saying that he trusts Faye, um, that her demeanor cracks just a little bit, and she like gets teary-eyed for a second and then re-hardens as Leslie Williams. Mr. Wheatley, I don't know what I did to upset you or why you need to gut me. But I would just like to go home, please. You're not going anywhere, Faye. And then he lunges at you. Faye um, shrugs. And the bamboo plant, um, she manipulates to throw up as a wall in front of her as he lunges. Okay. Go ahead and roll a face danger against, say, injured two status. Okay. Eight. An eight. So, uh, he does get you. You take a, uh, slashed one status. As he slashes you with one hand, he goes down to your ankle and he scratches, aiming for your Achilles tendon, uh, but you kind of, like, step out of the way and he rakes you there, and you take a, uh, crippled two status. In addition, like, on the same tag, or on the same spectrum as my slashed, um, or on a different? He has a move called Can't Escape. And it says, when you take a physical harm status, take an additional crippled two or trapped two status. Uh, so basically, his mythos is related to hunting, and he is very good at keeping his prey where it needs to stay. Um, so uh, I kind of viewed this as a movement inhibited status. So I think you have your injured status, uh, but then you have this additional movement. Uh, status that will be hindering you. Okay. So I have a slashed one mm-hmm. and then a crippled two. And it's a crippled ankle, right? Yes. For now, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he jumps over the table and slashes at you and kind of rolls underneath the table and gets your ankle. Uh, and he is now getting to his feet behind your desk. Um... As he grabs or scratches my ankle, does he have a hold of my ankle? Uh, no, I think he was trying to, but he didn't get a good enough hit on you, so he just, like, nicked you. Okay. And it's, you feel the pain, and, you know, it's going to be very hard for you to run on that leg. Okay. Um, so he's behind mm-hmm. me now? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm gonna spin around and as I do so, I'm going to pull out my extendable staff. Um, and is he crouched? Is he standing back now? Uh, he's. I think he's coming, getting to his feet. So okay. yeah, he's a little crouched. Okay, so as he's crouched, I'm going to use it to pin him down. Like the hand that he just scraped my ankle with, I'm mm-hmm. going to like try to smash that mm-hmm. with my staff. Okay, okay. Can I activate my weakness tag as only as strong as I am pure? Ooh, I was uh, thinking about that. Why would you activate that now? So this is very out of character for Faye to try to like use a staff to physically pin someone and knowing that it would cause pain. Like putting a staff through someone's hand is but going she to has, cause. But she has hurt people before. She has, but to like get information or for kids. This is like... Well, it's More. in self-defense, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to let you use the <laughs> minus one, but I think, like, let's put a spin on it a little okay, bit. Okay, tell me what your thoughts uh, are. Maybe Faye is feeling impure. Maybe she's feeling guilty because of what Deacon has said. Uh, okay. You know, she, he has, maybe not making her question, uh, you know, if she is a good person, because he said, I thought you were a good person. Right. Uh, so... You know, you take that that minus one, that that weakness tag, and you get that uh, attention. Okay, yeah. So I talked about how she kind of cracked when he said that. Um, And so that, as she spins around, like kind of repeats in the back of her head. And it just causes her to hesitate a bit when she like Mm -hmm. tries to hit him. Okay. Um, So plus zero. Yeah. Eight. An eight. Yeah. Uh, so you get to pick one of those. Um, I achieved my goal. So I, he like scrapes my ankle. I spin around as he, as he does it, and you see this staff like, choom, 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 as it extends out, and I push my staff all the way down onto his hand, um, the one that just scraped my ankle, and as he's yelping in pain or confused and pinned by it, I turn to Deacon. Deacon, get out of here now. You shout that to him. Deacon's eyes go wide seeing you pin the uh, the guard of security to your desk. Uh, and he runs out into the hall. Uh, and he stands there for a second and looks back. Uh, and Cooper says, well, Don't just stand there, Deacon. Do something. And Deacon screams out, uh, Help! 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 And he creates a status of alarm one. Whenever that alarm reaches a status you don't know, uh, security will arrive. Meanwhile, on the island... I am wanting to grab Javi and somehow, like... I don't know. I almost want to fly backwards and go to where... Because you said we were close to the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to, like, go backwards down the edge of the... Like, off the edge of the cliff with Javi. Definitely. Okay. Um, do you think this would be a take the risk to do? Or do you think you just do it? I think I, I was assuming I needed to roll something. So I think take the risk would make sense. Okay. Go ahead and roll take the risk. Oh, I rolled a six. So. Oof. Okay. Oof. We die. No. <laughs> no. No, you don't die. 
Um, You're just mortally wounded and you can't move. <laughs> I think what happens is you grab Javi, like you were saying, your wings shoot out from the back of your Aegis armor and you go to fly and then you hear this snarling shout as Nick tackles you and wrestles you to the ground. You lose grip of Javi, he kind of tumbles to the grass uh, closer to the cliff or the entrance to the tunnels away from you, but uh, yeah, Nick like grapples you and tears you to the ground. Roll a face danger against a uh, injured two status. A 10. A 10, okay. So he jumps at you and tears you to the ground and goes to rake across your chest and his claws like just go across your armor, not finding any purchase. But Nick does keep you from escaping. Uh, The other two, what are y'all doing? I am booking it to the cavern. Okay, Ren's booking it. Um, do we do I do we see uh, Nick attacking Esther? Yeah, I think for for narrative purpose, like you see Esther and Javi like burst out from the cloud, and then you see Nick jump out and grab her and pull her to the ground. So I think she is outside of the mist on this side of the mist, or not the mist on this side of the smoke screen, uh, and the paramilitary outfit is on the other side of the smoke screen, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, Rin, I know I made Esther roll to take the risk, but that was because she was trying to do a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you're just running, I think I think you just get there. You rush towards the uh, the stairs that lead down, but as you're running, you see Esther grappling with Nick, who is twice her size, uh, on the ground next to you. Do you do anything? I want to say that maybe it's more of a change the game. Mm. I don't know what to call it. I, I guess what I'm thinking is that I'm going to use the story tag of the old, what did I Electrical system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old electrical system and like use my machine possession and technopathy to like create like a blinding light, I guess is trying to, or like blow the light bulbs or something so that it like blinds Nick to give Esther some sort of advantage. Uh, is this a change the game or a hit with all you've got? Uh, change the game. Okay. Got a nine. A nine. All right. Uh, so you get two juice. You can create a store tag, burn a power tag or store tag, or give a reduce a status. Uh, create a story tag and... So if you're wanting to, to disorient him, you could give him a disoriented two status with your two juice. Yeah, I'll give him a disoriented two status. So he takes a disoriented two. Describe for us how does this look. So Ren run towards um, the house, and it's kind of, and you can see, like as he like grabs the wires, you can see it, like this blue energy coursing through the wires, and it, it's as if you like are following the wires like a race or something, and you see the wires, and it comes. There's like a light that is like really right above where uh, Esther and Nick are, and you just see the light just burst, um, like start blinking really rapidly, and then suddenly it bursts, spraying the light bulb particles all over Nick. Yeah, so it, it showers him with like this this uh, this huge electrical spark, and Nick reels back with a roar, kind of clawing at his eyes. Um, and uh, if this was a comic book, it would have like the little circle dots around his head to show that he's dazed. Uh, but Esther, uh, Nick rears back up off of you, 
uh, dazed from Rin's uh, powers. And Bill, where you are at the mouth of the cavern, you kind of look through the smoke screen and you see the uh, paramilitary outfit. All right, night vision on everybody. We're going in. I repeat, we're going in. And then you hear like these things turning on as they slowly creep forward with their rifles held up into the smoke screen. What do y'all do? I'm gonna like crab crawl <laughs> um, uh, to get crab crawl to get well, yeah, because I'm like on my back, and so I'm just wanting to get out from under Nick, and then I, um, I'm wanting to, I guess, go back into the cave. Yeah, you you get up and you're running forward and like hobby has his arm out come on come on kid come on i grab onto hobby's arm and we go back into yeah and y'all disappear rushing yeah. back down the tunnel uh rin and bill do you follow yes. yep okay rushing through the tunnel you're <laughs> running through this this winding maze you get back to that wide open chamber where you had a pip uh held and rushing in uh you see scattered about the room pieces of gingerbread shreds of clothes and standing in the middle of this room his jaws tearing at uh, Pip Hamill's gingerbread face is the mutated Jimmy the Butcher Uh, you see similar to Nick outside uh, he is wearing uh, this armor and he has that bestial look in his eyes that Nick had. And as you all kind of pause there, uh, Bill, something wraps around your foot and you are pulled from your feet. And you kind of look down at your foot and you see this long serpentine arm with these blood red claws dug into your thigh and they rip you out from your feet and pull you. And you see this arm is connected to Jesse. But Jessie is very different from when you last saw her. You remember she had this dragon tattoo up her arm and like this mystical dragon energy would come off of it. But now the green scales of that dragon are all across her body and her eyes are more reptilian and her teeth jagged and sharp. And she starts pulling you towards her as you see like little bits of flame come off of her lips between her teeth. Bill, I was hoping I would run into you. Meanwhile, at City Hall, a deacon screams and causes alarm, and uh, Cooper is like, you have one hand pinned down, but with his other hand he's gonna come across his shoulder with his elbow and try to hit you in the side of the head. Uh, Roll a face danger against a dazed one status. Okay. Um, I don't have anything. Okay. Six. Ooh. Okay. So you take a dazed one status as he comes across, hits you in the head, and, uh, not really hurting you, but just kind of rattling you around, uh, and, uh, you know, like, your your vision flares for a second and you see black on the edges of your, your peripheries of your vision. Uh, and he starts trying to struggle and get up from where you have him pinned. I'm going to yell at him, Who are you and what do you want? I'm Cooper Wheatley and I want you dead. Why? Who do you work for? 
And as I'm saying this narratively, I'm just like pushing the staff in mm-hmm. further into his I hand. like to imagine you like get your knee up on the desk and you're like you're pinning it uh-huh. the the pole more down on his neck and on his hand. Yeah. Uh, so it's this cool scene. You're like you're pinning him down. Yeah. yeah. A cool dynamic pose. Somebody draw it, please. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you say, who do you work for? Uh, he says, I work for the city. What do you? You work for the city as much as I work for the city. Who do you work for? I work for me. And he like goes to stand up. Um. Can I feel that he's going to move and go ahead and make a hit with all you've got action? All right. Um, so the bamboo sticks that have fallen since mm-hmm. they were there, I'm going to use those <laughs> to like hit him with. He is, I'm on my desk pinning him down. Mm-hmm. So he's closer to the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grow the bamboo and try to pierce his other hand. Do any of my statuses come into play here? Maybe you're dazed. Okay. So plus one. Uh, And I'm going to use his dodge uh, defensive tag. uh, So you take a minus one to your roll. Okay, so back to a plus zero. Yas. (laughs) I got an eight on a hit with all you got. Choose one. Um, I am going to maintain my superior position. So the bamboo, I've already like got my knee up. I've got the staff on one of his hands. Um, and then the bamboo is going to shoot out very quickly and unexpectedly as I feel him start to move and pin down his other hand. So he's just got both hands on the ground and like my knee is in his back. Okay. So the bamboo shoot. Uh, shoots through his hand. You hit him with a tier one status. Mm-hmm. Uh, stepping up his pinned to a pin two. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And you maintain your superior position so he cannot strike you back. So this bamboo shoot shoots through his hand. So let's go back to this conversation we were having. Who do you work for? In the hallway, Deacon screams again. Help! Help! She's... She's stabbing him! She's murdering him! Uh, the alarm status goes up to a two. I guess maybe I want to roll a change the game and see if I can escape. Uh, okay. Uh, you could roll a change the game or take the risk. Yeah, take the risk. Okay. So, I want to have got my knee kind of in his back. I'm like half up on the desk. The bamboo shoots through one hand. The pole's through the other. And I'm going to like vault. using the pole and like get over him Mm -hmm. and then try to run out of the room. Okay. (laughs) I have my extendable staff. I think this applies, yeah. But I also think that my dazed, crippled, ankled, and slashed all apply negatively. Um, Definitely you're crippled too. Okay. Uh, I would say not you're dazed because it just applied to you controlling the plants. Okay. Um, But yeah, you're injured. Yeah. Uh, and definitely doing this acrobatic move. You know, you have this cut in your shoulder, so as you're rolling across the table, you kind of wince at the pressure you put on it. So, minus three. Okay. I'm using my pole, so it's a minus two. Mm-hmm. I want to take the risk. Okay. I got a nine. A nine. Okay. Uh, you perform a daring, risky, or outright stupid feat. Uh, on a seven through nine, things get messy. The MC will offer you a hard bargain or an ugly choice. Oh, man. 
What can I <laughs> offer you? Got it. Ooh, this is so good. Okay, so as you roll off, you're running, sprinting towards the door. Deacon is right in front of you. Behind you, you hear Cooper Wheatley getting to his feet. You hear a gun belt unclick. You hear it pull back. This bullet will either hit you or it will hit Deacon. What happens? I hear the gun click. I turn around and throw my hands in front of Deacon and guard and like block okay. him. And as you turn around blocking Deacon, the gun fires. You feel the searing pain just below your collarbone in your other shoulder as the bullet hits you. Um, and you take a flesh wound two status. And this steps up your uh, Slash. slashed. Yeah, and so it hits you and then you scream, wince, whatever you do, and you kind of like shove off of Deacon and you start running down the hallway. Deacon kind of falters and falls to the ground and he doesn't call for an alarm. And you can hear Cooper Wheatley like charge out the door. What are you doing? Deacon, don't let her escape. And you hear his heavy footsteps coming after you. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 65 of Missed Conceptions. I'm your host, David White. And did anyone notice? Last week, I did, I did a little joke. I did, I did a funny. I said Nintendo 64. I said Nintendo 64. It's not It's not Nintendo. It's an episode. That's a, that's a silly. That's a silly little goofing gaff. Anyways, I hope that you are enjoying this action-packed episode of misconceptions action happening all across the city really it's just two locations but hey that's different from usual because it's usually just action in one location uh and you may have noticed this already but if you haven't noticed it uh this episode is very heavily edited uh i edited out the uh tag selection process on a lot of our moves uh because we recorded tessa's uh, scenes at a separate time than we recorded the rest of the crew scenes just so we could have like this this mystery between the players of we don't know what's happening with the other half of the group uh, but so because of that we recorded two separate recordings one was an hour one was an hour and 30 minutes you know if I had put those together without editing out the tag selection process this episode would have been hella long so I went in, I edited out a lot of the tag selection and the mechanics behind the moves. Uh, I mean, this is the third season, so you kind of know how the moves work. Um, but if you are interested in knowing uh, what tags were used and things like that, uh, you can listen to all of that at our uncut audio on our Misconceptions Patreon for $5 a month. And speaking of our Patreon, we are $52 away, $52 away from our $400 a month goal. We are so, so close, you guys. I am so stoked 
to get to that $400 a month level because that will mean I can pay my friends for the awesome work they do on this show. And uh, it'll be a huge step in the right direction. Uh, and I, I really, really hope that we hit that $400 a month goal. And to help us get to that $400 a month goal, I'm going to do a promotion. Throughout the month of May, if you go to our Patreon and elect to support us monetarily, or if you up your pledge to the next uh, pledge level, you will be entered into a drawing to receive one of the last Misconceptions posters that we ever printed. I think we have about five, maybe six of these posters left. And if you pledge throughout the month of May, or if you up your pledge throughout the month of May, you will be entered into that drawing to win a Misconceptions Patreon poster. Uh, At the end of the month, we will mail it to you. And I promise that we will take all due precautions. We will wipe everything down, sanitize everything, wash our hands, wear gloves, wear masks whenever we are packing away your posters so that you don't have to worry about the risk of exposure from us. But we will mail those out at the beginning of June. So if you want to help support us financially, we're trying to get to that $400 a month level. We, of course, appreciate all of the amazing support we get from our current patrons. Through their support, we are able to afford the awesome background music and sound effects you are hearing in this episode. Uh, We just thank our patron supporters so, so much. And if you want to help us out financially, uh, we ask that you please, please consider doing that. You know, this has been a very trying and emotional time for a lot of people. Uh, A lot of people are secluded from friends and family, and uh, whenever you're secluded, your mind tends to wander, and sometimes it doesn't wander to good places. Uh, We understand that. We here at the Misconceptions Podcast Network are not strangers to mental health issues, and uh, to kind of help with that, I would appreciate it if you went to our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter, uh, please go there and share what are you doing for self-care. It could be a book you're reading. It could be a video game you're playing. It could be uh, just just anything that you're doing. But I would love it if we could um, create kind of a list or, or database, as it were, of, uh, of self-care topics that if you're feeling down and you kind of don't have anything to do or watch or read, uh, you could come to our Facebook, to our Twitter, uh, and we will retweet and share these as they come up. We'll make, you know, kind of uh, make them easily visible for everybody. Um, but uh, I just wanted to help people figure out what they could do to kind of occupy their mind and their time during this. So if you are doing something that you're really enjoying, uh, share it with us. You know, even if you think that this is something that only I'd enjoy and maybe nobody else would, maybe somebody will. And you know what? If you enjoy it, let's celebrate it. Because why not celebrate the good things during this really rough, bad time? So pick out a self-care thing, bring it to our social media, and hopefully that will reach somebody who really needs it. And that's it for me. Let's get back to this episode to see what happens to the crew as Jesse gets the drop on Bill. 
Bill, uh, she gets to make a move on you as if you had missed a move. She gets to drop on you. So roll a face danger against a serrated two status. Does she get the drop on him because of his nemesis roll? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so am I like already grabbed or is it she's trying to grab me? Uh, Let's say you're already grabbed and she's like pulling you towards her. Uh, So like this would be to not be serrated by her claws. Okay. Woo! I rolled... I rolled a 10. So by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. So uh, she pulls you across the ground towards her. She rears back with her claws, goes to scratch you and eviscerate your neck, and you just get the shield up in time, and you can feel her claws dig across your spectral shield. And then, like, her hand releases you, and you're like... Tumble uh, to the other side of the cavern uh, with Jimmy the Butcher and Jesse standing in between you and your friends. Uh, Javi like pulls out his gun and he's like, "What the? What the hell is that?" Looking at Jimmy the Butcher. Hey, you two. Did y'all? Did y'all change something? You look be- better. Did you get a makeover? Or what's going on here? Do you like the new look? And like. Jessie rakes her claws through her hair, which is just really in clumps across her scaly scalp. She says, Really, I think I have you to thank for this, Bill. Once I lost the Golden Flamingo Casino, this power started to take hold in me. I feel stronger than I've ever been before. And Jimmy the Butcher just snarls and shatters Pip Hamill's skull in his head. Oh. Or in his jaws. Oh, gosh. All right, Psycho, I think it's time to end you. I'm going to shoot her in the head. Oh. Okay. Oh, jeez. Go ahead and I believe this is a hit with all you've got. I rolled a 12. Ooh, a 12. I rolled a 10 plus my 2. Nice. Uh, so you automatically hit with a tier equal to power, so you're going to hit her with a tier 2 status. Uh, she has a move called Covered in Scales, which reduces all incoming physical harm by one. So right now she's going to be taking a one status. Uh, what do you want to add to your hit with all you've got? So I want to gain the upper hand in this situation. I want to say that the shot was like in her eye. So she now has severely impaired vision. Okay, so a, um, not a blinded one status, but a, uh, what can we do? I mean, does that sound, I mean, I don't know. No, definitely. So you gain the upper hand, you use a a juice to give her an additional status of like, uh, impaired vision one. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get to choose one more. I guess maybe the, you get them good. And, like, instead of her, like, being a two status instead of a one. Okay. Uh, What do you name this status? So she already has an impaired vision one status. Yeah. um, Shot to the head. Okay. And you're to blame. All right. So uh, you and Javi both point your guns at her. You pull it back. The shot hits her full in the face. She rears back screaming, a little blood spurting from where you hit her. And she turns back and snarls at you. You stay out of this. This has nothing to do with you. Didn't she hit me with a car door? 
Once upon a time, she did. <laughs> let, guy, let bygones be bygones, Carrie. Come on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Ren, Bill, what are y'all doing? So Ren's gonna run over to like a the light box or whatever, pull out his laptop. He's like, let's make this a party, and plugs and like splices the wires, and then turns on EDM music on his laptop and pulls out speakers that, of course, are in his backpack. And then with the beat of the EDM music, the lights are going to be flickering and basically like turn into like dance lights. Okay. And in a way to disorient our enemies, Jimmy okay. Butcher and Jesse. I, I think this will be disorienting for everybody. Yeah. But uh, this could be applied to both the enemy's roles and to your roles. I think both Jimmy and Jesse are kind of distracted by Bill and Esther shooting and this all, all this noise. So I think you get over there, you flip your laptop open while they're arguing and discussing, and you plug it in. Uh, go ahead and roll a change the game. And I rolled a 13. Nice. So you do it, and you do it well. Uh, you get a minimum of two juice, but you already had two juice. So uh, what do you use those juice on? Scale up the effect. And so like it already makes it a story tag or I need to use one of my juice to make it a story tag. I think, uh, yes, you would have to use a juice to create a story tag. Uh, and it says greater area. The scale of the effect is greater area or more targets. Um, so I think what you could instead do is you could create a status that like just affects everybody. Uh, and you could step it up to a two. Um, but then again, that is a plus two for your friends and for the enemies. Um, uh, or you could, so you could use that and you could also like send it down the tunnel from whence you came to blind anybody that's coming after you. So it's not just this little room, it's also the entire underground complex. You could do that. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. Okay. So a uh, poor area. poor Nick, whenever he steps into here, he's already shot in the leg, he's already dazed, and now these lights are just going to be... Uh, so what is the name of this story tag, Ren? Uh, EDM Party. Okay. <laughs> EDM Party. All right, so Rin plugs in his laptop, starts playing his loud EDM music, and it just fills the cavern, and all the lights are alternating, blinking on and off, and there's this cool effect where, like, it's dark one second, and then it's lit on this side of the room. It's dark another second. It's lit on this side of the room, and it's dark another second. So just this cacophony of light and sound. Uh, Bill, what do you do? Jessie is standing above you with blood streaming down one side of her draconic face and she has me grabbed on the ground or how uh you do not have that anymore uh she, she kind of like yeah she lets you go and like let her arm it like <laughs> slithered back into a normal shape whenever she lets you go so let's say esther like when you shot her in the face her hand then slithered back and she like used that to cover her eye so that's why she let go of bill so is she looking at me or is she like in pain looking the other way uh, I think at this moment she was arguing and screaming at Esther, and then uh, as the lights start going off, she's like looking around the room at the lights. Well, really, she's looking nowhere because she can't see. 
<laughs> That's true. She does have an impaired vision status. Oh, she's about to get clocked. Okay, so I'm going to make... You're going to see the the um, my tattoo tower shield kind of slide back into my arm and start taking the shape of like a really big bat. And then uh, as I'm as I'm like cocking back and getting ready, I'm like whistling, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> and then... Uh, like and it, I think it's I'm picturing like a strobe effect, right? So so you see me like pulling all the way back, and then you just see like the back coming forward in like segments, like uh huh, uh, uh, and then I'm gonna hit her. So okay, it's uh, hit with all you've got. Mm-hmm. I rolled thirteen. All right, so you're automatically hitting her with a tier five status uh, that gets stepped down by one so right now it is a tier four status and you have uh you get to choose two of those options from the hit with all you've got list get them good okay can i get them good and get many of them uh so are you meaning you're wanting to also hit um like jimmy yeah yeah yeah. so i hit her so hard and she goes down so fast that the velocity of the bat just keeps carrying on through to jimmy or would that be or you hit, or you hit her and she goes flying and hits Jimmy. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I do say. like that. I do like that. Um, so, uh, because I think you can only choose one option once. So you can get uh, them good, but then you can also or, choose the gain the upper hand. So you can give a juice and you can, or you can get a juice and you can use that juice to give Jimmy a status. Okay. So that's what uh, I'm I don't do think I don't think it will be a harmful status. No, but no, just no. something that will uh, complicate whatever he tries to do. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, what's the name of this status that you're going to give to her at a tier five? Give her? Yeah. Uh, going, going, gone. Uh, home <laughs> I run. I like that. Lights out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she, she takes a five going, going, gone status. And uh, she flies towards Jimmy. Uh, what status do you want to give to Jimmy? I think, the, realistically, I would want it to be something much cooler. But I think it's going to be like a tangled up status because she's going to like fly into him. He's huge. She's not going to knock him over. But she has like those serpentine arms, and I'm imagining her flailing and like t- tangling up his feet, at least a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. So uh, describe for us. You already described like the bat coming forward in segments. You strike her head. You hear a sickening crunch that is sharp and also wet. And uh, we see Jesse's limp body fly through the air and uh, her arms become long and just a tangle. And she like falls over and wraps around uh, Jimmy the Butcher, like her tangle of limbs interweaving with his uh, and in the dim light and the oscillating light you look at jesse you see her skull caved in her eyes rolled back in the back of her head her mouth hanging agape jesse is dead meanwhile at city hall i'm running and i'm like as i'm running past each office mm-hmm. um i from the other episode i'm pretty sure that i'm on like the second story yes um yeah. so i'm not running out because Yet, I, one, I'm either running towards the stairs, or two, as I'm running past offices, I'm trying to find one with a patio or a window or um, something, something related to the outside. Or if there's like a 
a patio, like a break patio. Okay. Or something. Uh, I think uh, you're running past all these interior offices, all these like uh, cubicles, no windows, no windows, no windows. And then you come around the corner, you see a big office, a huge window, and you see the name Pip Hamill on the door that is open. I run into it. Okay. You run into it and you see Pip Hamill sitting at his desk, a big smile on his face. Ah, Miss Williams. Oh, where are you going? <laughs> like he just watches <laughs> watches you run across bleeding across his carpet. Um, As I run across, I say, Hey gingerbread man, and like keep <laughs> going. Hmm. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to the uh, you get to the window, you throw it open. I think Cooper Wheatley gets to the door, levels his gun at you. Uh, go ahead and roll a face danger against a flesh wound too. Okay. Status. I run out the balcony as it's like a pretty small balcony. Um, like you could maybe put one of those mini tables and like a chair. Um, so like three feet kind of thing. Okay. Um, and so I run out. There is like on the side of the building, um, there are vines that have kind of grown up just from people. But of course. Yeah, of course. They're everywhere. Um, and Faye is going to like with the speed she has already since she's been running, leap over the balcony and like jump with the plan to like extend the vines to her to like yeah so like we have this cool scene where like your full extended arm out behind you almost like the uh, air jordan uh, Mm -hmm. logo and like we see the vines start to like come off that building going towards your hand it's like this slow motion scene we hear the hammer fall the gun fire what are you adding to this face danger plant growth crippled ankle for sure yeah I wasn't gonna say it, but okay. Yeah. I almost said I got a 10 because I read the six as a nine. Um, I got a seven. I got a nine on a six sided <laughs> dice. Okay, so you got a what? I got a seven. Okay. You take a wounded one status. Sorry, up at one. Uh huh. So are you at a three now? Yes. Okay. So I think the, as you're like stretching out, I think the bullet passes like under, like, not through your armpit, armpit, but like grazes it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like goes up your arm a little bit before it passes by, and so you just had this searing pain shoot up your forearm, or not your forearm, your bicep. And what happens then? The hand that was reaching for the vines is the one that is shot, and so mm-hmm. Faye like grabs a hold of a tiny bit of a vine, but it doesn't really slow her down. She doesn't land gracefully on the ground. Like she hits the ground hard. Um, okay. You can hear Cooper Wheatley like muffled up a story above you. Oh, Mayor Hamill, are you okay? What did she hurt you? What's going on? And you're on the ground, what do you do? I stand up and I look around. Are there people? Where am I at? I think you're in an alleyway next to the city hall. Okay. I'm gonna hide in the alley. Uh but close enough to where I can still hear Cooper Wheatley talking to Pip Hamill. So, like, if that means, so, like, those vines were going up, so if that means that I, like, push myself against the vines and they kind of cover me, then that works. I guess, I guess we can roll a sneak around. Would Concrete Jungle, your weakness tag, apply to this roll? Sure. Give yourself an attention. Um, seven. A seven, okay. Uh, so, describe for us how, 
how do you partially conceal yourself? Um, so I see the vines, I can hear them talking, and so I like go to run and pause as soon as I hear his voice talking to Pip. And so then I back up against the vines um, and like try to get them to grow around me. Um, and they kind of partially conceal me. If you were looking down from the balcony, you couldn't see like the right side of me, but I'm in so much pain from being shot and hitting the ground that I like don't even realize that the vines didn't fully cover me. Okay. So yeah, they kind of like drape lazily over you mm-hmm. uh, and you hear, Mr. Wheatley, thank you for coming. It was very alarming. I was scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Just stay right there, Mayor. And you hear Cooper Wheatley come to the balcony and like he grips it with his claws, looks out. <sighs> sniffing the air and he like looks down one end of the alleyway to the other end of the alleyway and his eyes have this kind of golden animalistic look to them and with not not cat feline slits in their eyes uh, but kind of like narrowed animalistic eyes uh, he looks down right where you are he takes his revolver aims it down at you, and you hear a voice, no, stop! And you look and you see Deacon like grab Cooper Wheatley by the shirt and like kind of pull him back. But I mean, Deacon's like five foot two. And Cooper's very big and muscular. So like it knocks off the shot and you hear the bullet like bounce off right next to your head. And you hear Cooper just cussing and yelling at Deacon, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Pip Hamill's like walking up to the balcony like, Mr. Wheatley, what seems to be the problem? And then uh, Cooper Wheatley like spins and spins right into Pip Hamill, and they both go crashing into the office. Um, and then I'm going to run away. Okay. We see the camera pan down from the balcony uh, as Cooper Wheatley is cussing and just laying on vehement words. And we see Faye running down the alleyway, limping and running as fast as she can. A trail of blood behind her. Meanwhile, on the island... And uh, Jimmy the Butcher, like, these limbs fall around him and he's... (laughs) Like, tearing the limbs away from his body, trying to get to Rin. Um, do we have, like... uh, I mean, I guess we won't know, but is there, like, a timer until these soldiers arrive? Uh, I'll say that you hear footsteps coming down the hall and you hear some shouting and confusion as uh ah, what these lights the night vision ah, ah, ah. Uh, but you hear these steps and these shouts coming closer down the hallway isn't the only way out the way we came in which is where the guards are coming in uh no captain insano blew a hole in this place <laughs> just have to keep going down that way uh, um. you're, you're shouting, how do we get out of here? Captain Insano blew up the thing. Uh, at that moment, uh, Jimmy like flails or flings Jesse's spaghettied body to the side and leaps at Rin. Uh, I will be applying the tangled up one status against this move, but Rin, you need to roll face the danger against a wounded three status as he leaps at you. Damn. And uh, Rin, unfortunately, 
you do not get to apply your uh, EDM party to this because you see his nose flare as he is smelling where you are. He is not relying on sight anymore. I got a 10. A 10. (gasps) Are Uh, you kidding me? Jimmy the Butcher lunges at you. Rin, how do you get out of the way? As as he's like lunging at me, I I want to say he like jumps over, and I jump right under him. Okay, uh, and your laptop is left behind yes, uh, because it it's still plugged in doing the EDM party. So Jimmy the Butcher crashes into the wall above you, and you like roll underneath his feet as he like scrapes down the side of the wall, just shovelfuls of dirt coming down in his claws, uh, and he lands. And uh, your little laptop is like right in between his two feet on the ground, <laughs> and you roll a short distance away. What are y'all doing, guys? We need to get out of here now. This is not going to work out. And I'm booking it for the exploded wall. That okay, I, Captain Inferno. Made. And Rin, <laughs> I I think this is narratively appropriate. I think since you are leaving your high tech laptop, I think. Well, I'll ask you this question. Is it burned? Is this your only high-tech laptop, or could you get, like, could you just get another one without having to use a photo montage later? Hmm. I will say narratively, I mean, with this situation, like, if we weren't wanted and I could go back to my business, I could probably make a new one. But I think... I think it would have to take like a photo montage or something for me to make a new one. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so go ahead and burn your uh, uh, high-tech computer or high-tech laptop tag. Uh, and Rin is sprinting for the other room where there's the hole in the wall. What do the rest of you do? Esther and Javi are going to book it behind him. Okay, running behind him. Bill? Uh, I'm going to take up the rear and I'm going to be watching... Uh, so yeah, as you you get to like the tunnel, you hear your friends rushing down the tunnel behind you. You turn, you can see like laser sights flaring from the tunnel as the military is coming this way. Uh, you see Jimmy uh, looking around, confused. Where to go? Where to go? He doesn't actually say that because he's a beast man. Um, and then you see Jesse's corpse on the ground, her lifeless eyes and the caved inside of her head staring at you. What do you do? All right. So the milit the, the is the military in or are they coming in? They're coming in, like they're about to be in this room. I guess we run. So you run. You get to this huge hole in this cavern wall. Before you lays the expanse of the uh, the harbor, and past that you see the city dimly through the mist. Uh, I assume, Esther, you flare up your wings and grab Javi and fly. Mm-hmm. Bill, you conjure a cloud and you grab Rin and you fly out. Yep. Uh, you fly out, uh, cresting over the cliff, going up, and as you do, you look down and you see the Beastmen trying to fight against these paramilitary groups. You see them going down, trank darts, the bright pink fluffs of pink darts sticking out of their hide. You see uh, one... In fact, the gorilla man you saw earlier, Esther, uh, with the huge arms and the uh, the armadillo back, uh, fighting against a whole group, and you see a jaguar beast man wearing armor grappling with him and tearing into his hide, and eventually he falls down, and you see this sight of all these innocent beast men being taken down and shoved into these armored vehicles, 
and then you crest and then head back towards the city. And I think the camera kind of pans down from where y'all are flying. And we see a single small stone that is by the uh, the docks. And there is a, a crude drawing of Bill on a cloud with rays of light coming down, touching the beastmen below him. And we see a beastman fall in front of the stone, blocking it from view, pink trank darts sticking out of their chest. And that beastman is dragged <laughs> off camera. End of episode. You're a monster. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. Our next episode will be released on May the 11th. We do have a Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to post some self-care tips there so we can share them with people who need them. You can also email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly patronage of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to financially support us, please click the link below and consider giving to us monthly. And don't forget that if you do start financially supporting us throughout the month of May, or if you up your current patronage level throughout the month of May, you will be entered in a drawing to receive a Misconceptions poster. City of Mist is an RPG by Son of Oak, you can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. And that's it for this week's episode of Misconceptions, y'all. Stay well, wash your hands, and keep it nerdy, y'all. <laughs>